What's up, guys? Welcome to the American Sports Podcast. It's Sam here today with another episode. This one is actually a solo podcast. I am by myself, and I'm going to be talking some about fantasy football. You know, it was a really good season. I enjoyed it a lot this year. And so I want to talk about the future of fantasy football uh, as it pertains to the 2021 NFL season. And I want to go over some of my rankings, some of my thoughts on how you should draft your team, what you should do with your team, and how you should rank everybody prior to the season. All right, so let's get pretty much right into it, and I'll explain a little bit. And I'm basically just going to be giving you guys my pretty much way too early fantasy football rankings for the uh, 2021 season, as I said before. Um, a lot of people have written articles on this stuff, and, you know, I thought about writing an article, but, you know, I could take this in many directions, so I just thought, you know, I'll just use my podcast to talk about it by myself and just, you know, go over my thoughts. And, you know, I'd like to do more podcasts in the future, by the way, because I got a new microphone. Hopefully, you can tell that the quality is a little bit better. I got a blue yeti i had a blue snowball before and i really like that so i just got a little bit of an upgrade and so this is also just an excuse to test that out you know so <laughs> i made it in some water because i'm the only one uh talking here today but i'm basically just going to give you my rankings and i'll start all that off by talking about how you're probably gonna have to draft for the fantasy football season in the future in 2021. And so just some things to start off that I will take into account with my rankings. First off, quarterbacks, next year you should not be taking them high. Um, There are many, many, many fantasy viable quarterbacks now in the NFL, which decreases their value. I mean, off the top of my head, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott will hopefully be back, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers has been great, Uh, Josh Allen, who was actually, I think he was QB1 maybe, yeah, I think he beat up Mahomes, Uh, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow will be back, and just, just plenty, plenty of quarterbacks that you can start week to week. So you should not be in any hurry to draft one, especially if you're in an 8 or 10 team league. Maybe draft them a little bit higher if you're in a 12 team league, but 8 or 10, uh, wait on the quarterbacks. And by the way, this is all PPR stuff. You're, you're a weirdo if you still do standard. I'm just saying that. Uh, this is all based on full one-point PPR. So... Um, yeah, that's just about it for quarterbacks. I would, I would wait on them this year and that is not the case for running backs though. Running backs are going up in value because there are less like really good fantasy viable ones. You know, if you can get one in round one and round two, then that's good. Uh, just early in your draft, you're going to need to fill out those two RB spots. Just, uh, stay saying that, and that's why I have a lot of running backs high in my rankings. I think I have something like, I think I have 10 in my top 15, and I think 10 in my top 13, actually. Uh, and we'll get we'll get into the rankings and stuff, but draft your running backs early if you have the chance. And you, you if you view a 
two players equally, one's a receiver, one's a running back, take the running back. I can, And that's why I have a lot of running backs high up in my rankings. And that's the opposite for wide receivers again. Like quarterbacks, wide receivers are not as valuable because there are a ton of really good ones in the, in the NFL. I mean, really in the top 20, you should only be drafting, what, four or five guys. And I'll, I'll tell you those guys with my rankings pretty soon. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for receivers. And tight ends are going to be like running backs. You know, we, we saw that this year Kittle missed a lot of the season. So Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller were two of the most valuable players in fantasy football. So draft those guys early. Draft Kittle early, even though he's had some injury history. And I have uh, Kittle, I have all of those guys really high up in my rankings, probably compared to most people. So, tight ends and running backs are valuable. Uh, if you get it, can get a good one, uh, get them in the early rounds. Receivers and quarterbacks, you can wait on them because there's plenty of good ones, in my opinion. And then, obviously, defense and kicker, you obviously wait a long time for those. Not as valuable. So, Keeping those few things in mind, let's get right into my rankings. And we'll start off with number one. That's Christian McCaffrey. He should be the number one pick in every league, in my opinion. He had a very banged up year, we'll say. He had like three different injuries this season and missed all but three games. And in those three games, he was incredibly productive, though. So, I mean, I... I think he's a safe bet. He was RB54 on three games, averaging 30 points per game. Like, that is that is absolutely insane. His touchdown rate is there. He's gotten paid money, so, I mean, they're, they're going to want to feed him the ball still. And he's going to be looking for revenge next year. So, I really like Christian McCaffrey. He does it both ways, and he should be the focal point of their offense. I mean... The only thing that can really slow him down are injuries, and none of his injuries this year should be, like, nagging. I mean, they're, they were all mostly minor to – I mean, they were they – they were, none of them required surgery or anything, so he should be fine. I would take McCaffrey number one if you have that pick. Whew. All right, so number two, I actually have Saquon Barkley. That is not really a popular pick either. Um, you know, most, most people have McCaffrey, at least in the top two, but a lot of people don't even have Saquon in their top, like five. And I, I disagree with that. I think he's, his talent is still almost unmatched in the league. I think the giants will love having him back because he's actually an elite playmaker and they don't really have much else in that realm. So I think he'll also be looking for a bit of revenge and a bit of, uh, recognition after missing significant time with injuries the past two years. And again, like McCaffrey, I think the only thing that can really stop him from having a productive season is injury. And I think those two, they were the top guys, and I think they will both be looking for big redemption, especially Saquon too, because he is almost at the end of his rookie contract. He, he needs to justify that he deserves to stay he that he deserves to be a high-paid running back in the league. He needs to be good this next season and the season after that, too. So I would go Saquon as my number two player. And 
Dalvin Cook is my third player. He was absolutely insane this year, at least uh, with like a stretch in the middle of the season. He was great. And he ended up RB2 behind Alvin Kamara, averaging 24 points per game. And he lived up to his contract this season, that's for sure. However, people have him over McCaffrey and maybe Saquon. Or definitely over Saquon and maybe over McCaffrey. But people forget that Cook also had a lot of injury issues early in his career. This year wasn't as much of a big deal, but he still did miss a game. And I th- I would still be a little bit concerned about that, just like I would be with Saquon and McCaffrey. So I think that he's no better than them in terms of like injury concerns. And, I mean, but he is just so explosive. Like, his... Uh, first steps off the handoff are just off the the mesh point handoff whatever you want to call it they're just insane he just he's so fast off the line and he does it both ways just like McCaffrey and Saquon catching the ball too and they also committed a lot of money to him so they're going to want to give him the ball so I definitely like Dalvin at number three and but beyond those top three it gets a little bit murkier because Alvin Kamara, who was RB1 this past year, most likely will not have Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, after the divisional game that actually happened yesterday, um, I'm recording this the Monday after the Bucks versus Saints game, Drew Brees looks like he's going to retire. So Alvin Kamara, who benefits a lot from the check down, that the check downs that Brees would give him in fantasy, I mean, he would have just like a 10-reception, 100-yard receiving game, along with his rushing production, all because Drew Brees you know, didn't, doesn't really air it out a ton, and he would just throw it to Alvin Kamara. Without uh, Brees next year, it will be interesting to see how Kamara does in terms of fantasy. I mean, if Taysom Hill is the Saints quarterback next year, I would bump Kamara way down. But, I mean, if they, if they acquire somebody else, he still should be fine because, I mean, like Cook... A lot of money dedicated to him. They're going to give him the ball. So, you know, Kamara is definitely someone to watch. Watch uh, the Saints quarterback situation. And if they get, like, I mean, an average throwing quarterback, uh, pocket passer who, I mean, maybe if he has a history of throwing to running backs, that would be good. Um, but, yeah, definitely watch Kamara. And, but for now, I have him at number four because he was superb this year. And I, I think – he should be superb next year, but if it's Taysom Hill at quarterback for the Saints next year, I would definitely bump him down, bump him down a lot. Just be wary of that. At number five, I have Derrick Henry. He was also great this year, just a bit inconsistent, honestly. That's how you would describe it. He, I believe he was RB3. I'm looking at that right now. Yep, RB3. Averaged 20.8 points per game and had a lot of really, really great games. I'm looking right here, 40-point game, 38-point game, 36-point game, and 35-point game. That's insane. But then you look at games like he had 8.4 against the Jags the first time, 6.8 against the Bears, 5.9 against the Browns, and 9.8 against the Packers. So, I mean, just could be anywhere game to game, really. I mean... Very uh, matchup based. That's 
that's the best way to describe it because he doesn't receive the ball very often. Like I'm counting his receptions right now, 4, 8, 12, 13. Uh, yeah, he had just about 18 receptions this year and a full season of work. That's really not what you want out of a fantasy back. But he has those monster games on the ground, and that's why he warrants that selection at number five, I think. And because running backs are very valuable, he's definitely worth a top five selection. So those five guys, I would take over the top receiver. And the top receiver is quite obviously Devontae Adams. He was absolutely superb this season. Just really no flaws. He was wide receiver one, even though he missed two games. He missed two and a half games, really. And he was just absolutely insane. Averaging 25.6 points per game. And just being Aaron Rodgers' top guy, if the Packers don't get any other receivers this offseason, he's especially good for a top six pick. And even if they do, I think he's still worth at least a first rounder, Uh, just as consistent as they come. And I would take him over the rest of the running backs just behind those top five, though. But he is a great player, and he should be great next year, too, so... Definitely him at my number six slot. All right, number seven, I have Ezekiel Elliott. He really flunked this year after being number three in most most rankings. Um, You know, that was as a result of the Cowboys just being banged up as a whole, to be honest. And I think he should be back next year, at least to somewhat of what he used to be. He actually played very well in the the five games where he had Dak Prescott in a healthier line. He had 27, 22, 17, 20, and 23 in those five games. But the rest of the season was very bad when his supporting cast wasn't as good. So, you know, with that supporting cast coming back next year, I think he should be good, should be consistent. And he was still RB9 this year, even though, you know, he faced a lot of hate. He faced... Uh, an injured team, and I think I think he should be better, and I think he's definitely worth a first rounder. And with a bet with their offensive line back with Dak back, I will trust Zeke next year, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances. All right, coming in at number eight, I have Aaron Jones, and this one is also an interesting one to monitor because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and we don't. Most people don't think the Packers will re-sign him. They have good replacements for him, and I think I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that he won't be in Green Bay next year. So where will he land? I think he could land in Miami with the Jets. Maybe, maybe with the Falcons, if they muster enough money. Maybe the Cardinals, if Kenyon Drake is gone. And so it's, it's pretty safe to say the team that signs him will probably put a good amount of money into him and probably want to use him a bit. And even though he didn't really have like a full workload this year, he was still RB5 and RB4 in, uh, shoot, I think it was... Shoot, hold on, I'll look it up. I think he was RB4 in points per game, and he, he was overall really good this year, even with not the best workload. Like, he only had 20 carries one time this year, and he had 24.8 fantasy points this year. So if a team signs him, puts good money into him, I 
even despite the circumstances, I think he'll be worth a top 10 fantasy pick for sure because he catches the ball, he runs the ball, he does all that type of stuff. And I think uh, the team that drafts, uh, that doesn't draft him, that signs him will probably let him free and let him run wild. So I, I like Aaron Jones, even though it's a bit uncertain where he'll be. I, I still really like him. I think he'll be very good next year. But we'll definitely have to come back to that because we don't know where he's going to be. So at number nine, we have our first tight end. Travis Kelsey going ninth overall in my rankings. And he was quite obviously the best tight end by like by so far this season. And that margin really makes him very, very valuable. And he was far and away tight end one, averaging 20.9 points per game. More than Derrick Henry, mind you, as a tight end. So, I mean, his value is just... is His value is definitely a first-rounder for me if you're in a bigger league. Second-rounder if you're in, like, an A-team. High second-rounder, mind you. I, I, I think he should be a top 10 player because his value is just it's uh pretty much unparalleled honestly i mean kittle comes the closest but in that scheme in that indy Reid offense kelsey gets the ball a ton and he does it at such a margin at such a higher margin than any other tight end that that is why he warrants a top 10 pick for me and that's I don't know I you guys should be really happy if you get Kelsey next season that would be that would be absolutely I I don't I'm not in position to get him at all in any of my leagues but I wish I was he he is great and he should be a Hall of Famer by the way so number ten I have Austin Eckler going there and I've been putting an emphasis on receiving backs because obviously the league. Uh, is going to continue to pivot towards being pass first. And so, you know, I'm, I'm favoring the receiving backs like Aaron Jones. Zeke catches the ball too. And Eckler over other guys who are better runners, I would say. So I would have Eckler at number 10 because having another year with Justin Herbert in a new offense with a new coach, which actually is Brandon Staley. And, I mean, he's a defensive coach, but maybe he'll bring some Sean McVay elements with Austin Eckler. Maybe. I don't know. But they have Eckler under contract for a few more years, and so they should be wanting to use him and throw him the ball a lot. Extra chemistry with Herbert after this season. And I think Eckler is going to be very consistent with that receiving workload. Not necessarily the touchdown workload, but... You, you want guys who are more, you know, receiving reliant than touchdown reliant, in my opinion, because it's easier easier to, or it's more common to catch than to score a touchdown, I think. It's, it's harder to predict touchdown rate, for sure. So, at number 11, I have James Robinson. If the Jaguars' backfield stays the same as it is today, I will have Robinson in the top 10, 100%. But I don't think it will. I think they're probably going to add some some other running back. I mean, they, they had Reichel Armstead and Chris Thompson out the whole year. They should be back. And I, I bet they add one other, like, secondary running back behind him. And then he wouldn't have as much of a workload. So, I mean, really his fantasy ranking completely depends on his surroundings next year. If they don't change, then he's definitely top 10. 
but I suspect they will. With a better quarterback in most likely Trevor Lawrence with their number one pick, he still should be good. Really good, actually, because he catches the ball, too. I believe he was he was he was high up in the rankings. I think he drops a little bit though because he he missed the last few games, but he ended up RB seven, averaging seventeen point nine points per game. That's really good production for an RB you can get late first round. So, you know, obviously monitor the situation with him and the rest of their backfield, but he still should be very fantasy viable, at least in in my opinion at this point. Well take a look at him going forward though but he he should be worth a first rounder so number 12 i have jonathan taylor so jonathan taylor was actually pretty pretty trash during a stretch in the middle of the season but he really 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 came on down the stretch and he had like a 200 something yard game against the jaguars in week 17 and he his production is really going to depend on how he grows as a receiver. But he did have 36 receptions as a rookie, which is honestly very promising. Twice as many as Derrick Henry. But I still question how much of a receiving workload he'll have going further, possibly with a different quarterback next year if Rivers doesn't return, and with Naheem Hines also in the backfield. So... His his uh, production is definitely going to be mostly reliant on how he runs the ball behind that great offensive line, which is still really good production. And in his second year, he should grow a lot, and he should be very, very fantasy viable. So, you know, I, I think JT is going to be a fantasy breakout next year. Definitely worth a late first, maybe early second. But... You got to be a little bit worried of his receiving workload, even though he had a pretty good one in year one. Just watch their quarterback situation and how they handle like Naheem Hines as well. But, you know, otherwise he should be very good. He's a great runner. Same thing with Nick Chubb, pretty much. I have him at number 13, which is lower than a lot of people have him. And I just cannot trust Nick Chubb because his fantasy production goes off of his touchdown rate a lot. Like, he he really was a top back just because he got touchdowns in like every game, which I mean it's it's pretty promising, honestly. The Browns have a good O line, the scheme that favors him. But with Kareem Hunt there too, who's also a great running back taking production, and OBJ might be back, so they might spread the ball to him. I just cannot find myself uh, trusting Chubb with a first rounder. I think he's an early second, uh, mid second if you're in like an eight team. I think he's worth one of those picks because obviously running backs are super valuable. And so it's just, I don't know. I just c- cannot find myself to trust him with Kareem Hunt also there. And if, if he was alone in that backfield, he'd be a top five fantasy back 100%. But with Kareem Hunt there, I am definitely wary of Nick Chubb, and I think his his role receiving isn't as big as Hunt's too, which also hinders him. So I am keeping Chubb at number thirteen, which is a lot lower than most people. So that's that's our top ten running backs right there. I'm pretty sure. Let me count actually. For actually, I think that's top eleven. But anyhow, that's that's that top group of running backs that you really want to draft from. 
If you can get two of those guys in your fantasy draft, you are cruising. You've got good value, and there's, you probably wouldn't, honestly, because everybody's going to know running backs soon to be more valuable. So I think, you know, getting at least one of those guys and, you know, a good receiver in your first rounds will be pretty adequate, I think. Just those 11 guys, you've got to draft from those. Got to get one of them. And if you're in a 12-team, someone won't. Don't be that guy who doesn't get one of those. Don't be that guy. So, number 14, we get into the receivers a little bit. we got Stefan Diggs there. He burst onto the scene this year. It was absolutely fantastic with the Bills and Josh Allen. And I believe he was wide receiver two. I don't know if he might not have overtaken Tyreek, but I will check real quick. He... He was great. That's that's the bottom line. Yep, he was wide receiver three, 20.5 points per game, and he really missed half the game in week 17 and still had a good had a good week. So Diggsy should be should be I mean maybe even better honestly because they'll have even more chemistry between Josh Allen and Diggs, but he's definitely worth a top 15 selection. He burst onto the scene as a real wide receiver one after not really being utilized great with the Vikings. And so if you got digs this past season in the late rounds, you did really good for yourself. And he should be drafted much, much earlier this year. And I've got Tyreek Hill following him at number 15. I think he was wide receiver two, actually. And the reason I have digs over him is just because digs gets more targets I would say he'll got a lot of targets uh, towards the latter half of the season but at the beginning part of the season he only got like five four or five receptions per game and but he made the most out of them scoring a lot of touchdowns and he'll ended up being the better fantasy wide receiver <coughs> excuse me but he probably won't be as consistent as Diggs so I would still definitely go with Diggs just a bit over him. But Hill is still going to be great, honestly, with Patty and all those weapons. So at number 16, this is where our second tight end comes in. George Kittle is right here in this position. Injuries are the concern with him, but he showed he's a tough guy by playing at the end of this year. And tight ends are so valuable and they'll he'll he'll want to have another revenge season like McCaffrey, like Saquon, because they want to come back stronger. The Niners are they they had a disappointing year with injuries and stuff, and everybody on that team, including Kittle, will want to bounce back in a big way. So I, I like George Kittle a lot for next year for next year. At number 17, we're back to running backs, and I have Miles Sanders there. He had kind of a weird season uh, rotating. Well, the the entire Eagles team had a weird season rotating quarterbacks with Wentz and Hurts, banged up offensive line. He was banged up himself, and he only played like 12 games, I'm pretty sure. And he was pretty productive in those games. He broke off some huge runs, like one against the Steelers. And he had a huge game against the Saints, too, which is a really good run defense. He just has that burst that gets you big plays, especially in fantasy. And I really, really like that. I think with their offensive line returning, he is going to be hes going to be really good. I think he could be an RB1. I think he, he should be an RB1. And with Jalen Hurts hopefully playing more for them next year, hopefully playing an entire season, he actually expressed his 
liking for Hertz. So I think he'll be content with that situation and hopefully with their offensive line situation. Hopefully he can stay healthy himself and show off that burst and also receiving ability too. He had a lot of targets this season, but not not a great catch percentage. I think it was like 28 for 52 with uh, catches to targets, which is, is, is very poor, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to a lack of connection with Carson Wentz. So with a better situation in Philadelphia, I think he'll be a better fantasy running back. At number 18, I think we're going back to receivers. Yes, we are. DeAndre Hopkins at number 18. He burst onto the scene with a great week one game against the 49ers and had a great first half of the season, quieted down a little bit with Kyler Murray's injury and his own. uh, he, He had some minor injuries too. And even so, he was really, really good. He was wide receiver four. And I actually have him as my wide receiver four right now. Having an extra year with Murray, or I mean, not not really, just, just having his second year with Murray, I think that'll really help their connection. And I think that Hopkins will definitely be a top 20 fantasy play. Maybe even higher, honestly. I think he he they'll be looking for the playoffs too after just barely missing. So I think Hopkins is going to be wanting to compete. And I think... He is definitely worth a top 20 pick, and I have him at number 18. So number 19, I have DeAndre Swift. And I'll probably start going a little bit rapid fire now. We're already about a half hour in, so we'll keep the descriptions a little bit shorter. I want to get through 50, so still got about 30 to go. But anyhow, DeAndre Swift is number 19 for me. He was very, very efficient, very productive when he got the ball this year. Demonstrated some great skills. And he can receive the ball. He can do it all. And without, I mean, Adrian Peterson could return to them next year, but I wouldn't bank on it. I think he'll get a better workload next year with less weapons around him. And, you know, I think DeAndre Swift has all the talent to become a top 15 fantasy back, maybe even top 10 by the end of the year. So, yeah, I, I really, really like him. And facing bad run defenses like the Packers and the Vikings a lot definitely will help him. So he, I have him there. Antonio Gibson is my number 20 running back. He he had a, a great stretch of games, like the one he, he played against the Cowboys. He had like 35 fantasy points that game, which was on uh, Thanksgiving. And he was a converted receiver out of college. And I think... He will be a very, very viable fantasy option going forward with the Washington football team. Keep an eye on him at number 20. Number 21, I have Keenan Allen. Uh, like Austin Eckler, having another year with Justin Herbert will really help him. And so that's why I have him at my receiver five. At 22, I have Calvin Ridley. He was quietly really, really good this year with Julio Jones absent for a lot of the time. And if the Falcons trade Julio, that'll just boost Calvin Ridley's fantasy value. He's a great route runner, and he deserves a top 25 pick. At number 23, I have DK Metcalf. He was a bit inconsistent in terms of fantasy, but, you know, just the upside is there at his his physical frame with a what's become a pass happy offense with the Seahawks and I think he's still 
Uh, he's my wide receiver six. So, I mean, he has all the tools, and he should just keep getting better. For number 24, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting back to a little bit of a stretch of running backs here. His issue this year was he didn't get any red zone work, really. Andy Reid would always try to be creative with, you know, running shovel passes and stuff like that to Kelsey and doing end arounds to Tyree Kill. And that did not leave a ton of room for CEH to produce in the red zone. And, I mean, you can see that by his stats. He only had, like, four rushing touchdowns. So that hinders his fantasy value for sure. But there will be games where the Chiefs go with him a lot if teams zero in on Kelsey and Hill. He should get a workload. And I think in his second year uh, with no Le'Veon Bell and pretty much the backfield to himself, he should be a very good option, probably as an RB2. All right, so number 25, I have Josh Jacobs there. And that's probably lower than you'll see in most cases. And I have him this low kind of personally because I had him in one of my leagues this year, and he just was so inconsistent, so touchdown-based. Uh, he, he did not run the ball well at all. He had, like, less than four yards per carry. I think it was, like, 3.7 or 3.8, just not productive with the ball in his hands. I mean, how much of that was his fault and how much of that was the Raiders' fault, I'm not really sure. But he just wasn't that productive with his touches this year, and he did not get receptions. And I really felt like he failed my fantasy team this year. And I don't want to feel that again, and I don't want you to feel that. So I would not draft him until around the third round, maybe late second if you want to. But I'm very wary of Josh Jacobs this next season. And same thing with David Montgomery, actually, another third-year running back. Uh, I have him at number 26. And he was he was exceptional in the last few games this season because a lot of good matchups, good workload. But remember, Tariq Cohn will be back next year. Their receiving option out of the backfield pretty much. So his receptions won't go down. He'll probably seed uh, a good amount of his work to Tariq. And so I think that'll definitely hinder his uh, fantasy value and it'll take it down from what it was late this year so be wary of him watch out the situation with Tariq I have the pretty much the same value on Jacobs and Montgomery at number 27 I have Mike Thomas after the divisional game I think this might be actually a little bit high because Breeze couldn't even find him and Breeze was the one who had that big connection with him but nevertheless, he should be looking for a redemption year after lots of injuries. He's still on a big, big contract, so they've got to incorporate him. Like with Kamara, watch their quarterback situation because that'll uh, that'll determine his value greatly. And if he gets to back to being the PPR gem he was in 2019, he'll be well worth this value. So at number 28, I have J.K. Dobbins. He is probably going to be a big riser. Depends on his workload. He's going to be sharing the backfield with Gus Edwards probably next year, who also gets a pretty considerable amount of carries. But the Ravens run the ball a lot, so I'm not super concerned with that. And he's obviously super dynamic, and he should be the Ravens' top back next year. Pretty much same thing with Cam Akers at number 29. He's also got other running backs in that backfield. But he makes a lot of great plays. He's pretty much as dynamic as Dobbins. 
and he was actually my sleeper going into the 2020 season, and late in the year, he lived up to that, so watch out for those two second-year guys. At number 30, I have Joe Mixon, and a lot of people are going to forget about him. Don't be the guy who does. He, if, if the Bengals can improve their offensive line, he'll be much better than he was this season. He faced a lot of injuries, but he should be back. He's on like a four-year deal with the Bengals, so they, they, they have to use him. And so with Burrow back and hopefully a better offensive line, Mixon definitely is worth uh, the 30th ranking. Then I have A.J. Dillon at number 31. This is kind of interesting because it hinges on Aaron Jones leaving and him getting the majority of the reps in Green Bay after he leaves, which should happen, honestly. He had a great game against the Tennessee Titans. Super powerful. The questions should be there with uh, receiving the ball, but in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense with Matt LaFleur scheming for him, I think A.J. Dillon should be a fantasy sleeper next year, if Aaron Jones leaves, that is. Then I have A.J. Brown at number 32, Allen Robinson at 33, and Justin Jefferson at number 34. That's kind of like tier three of receivers, I would say. All very, very good options and should be wide receiver ones, but maybe you know, wait on them a little bit because receivers aren't as valuable. Number 35, I have our next tight end, Darren Waller. He turned it on uh, in the latter portion of the season and probably won some leagues, honestly. He's definitely tight end three for me. We have our first quarterback at number 36, two, Patrick Mahomes. He was getting drafted in like round two this past year, but I think his value should drop off a little bit. And even 36 might be a little bit high because quarterbacks aren't as valuable. But it's still Patty Mahomes. If he falls to you in round four, might be worth a shot, honestly. Just very consistent. I think he ended up QB2 behind Josh Allen, but he probably he, he would have been QB1 if he played in Week 17. Number 37, I have Adam Thielen. 38, I have Julio Jones. Those two veteran guys have had – actually, Thielen didn't have much injuries, but Julio did have injuries this past season, which bumps his ranking down for me. And he's also aging, so I mean – and as for Thielen, his workload might be not as high with Jefferson emerging. But both are still very viable. Could be wide receiver ones. And honestly, Julio still – should be a beast, so he, this ranking might be too low. Just watch out for the injury status, and he could be traded from the Falcons as well. Number 39, we have our next running back, Chris Carson. He's a free agent, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. If he stays with the Seahawks, then that would be good for his value, actually, because the Seahawks will probably run the ball more this year after the Russ cooking experiment didn't do that great. So watch what Chris Carson does in free agency. I have Chase Claypool at number 40. As much as I don't really like him as a competitor with all the stuff he said about the Browns, he should be really good in fantasy next year. And if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, that should be especially true because he gets those red zone targets. He gets uh, touchdowns. He's a big dude. Can make big plays too. So, I mean, I, I definitely think Chase Claypool will be viable for fantasy. And then at number 41 to 42, I have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They averaged like an identical amount of points this season. It was like 15 and a half or something like that, which is solid, but they detract from each other in fantasy for sure. Just so many weapons in Tampa Bay that 
I would not put them near my top 20 like they, they both were pretty much in uh, most people's 2019 rankings. At number 43, I have Terry McLaurin. At number 44, I have Amari Cooper. Those guys are pretty much the top options on those NFC East teams, so watch out for them. Number 45, I've got the next quarterback, Josh Allen, was QB1. Should keep improving, honestly, with Stephon Diggs. At number 46, I have Will Fuller. 47, Tyler Lockett. Will Fuller's a free agent, so watch out for him. And Tyler Lockett is just kind of inconsistent based on what their matchup is. He'll drop 50 some games and then drop five the next. So we'll, we'll see with him. I have Miles Gaskin at number 48. You know, he could be replaced pretty easily in that Dolphins backfield. They've got a lot of money, a lot of draft picks, and I could see them taking another running back. But Gaskin was very productive for them this year, and if he's their top back, definitely draft him. At number 49, I have TJ Hawkinson. That's our, I think, our fourth tight end. And he he broke out this year, and he, he should keep being very good. He was a top 10 pick in 2019, and I expect him to keep improving. And at number 50, I finally have Odell Beckham Jr. So he's kind of interesting because the Browns could possibly dump him, or he could just come back and he'd fit into their run-first offense. But... You know, he should be their top option. He should be a top option wherever he goes, honestly. And he should be worth a top 50 pick, even if he's coming off that injury. So that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, that's really the majority of the running backs you should be looking at. Um, I mean, Kenyon Drake is a free agent. We can see where, where he lands. Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette are also free agents. Melvin Gordon will be back in, with the Broncos. There will be rookies like Travis Etienne and G. Harris and Javante Williams. All three of those guys could very easily crack the top 50, but you know they're not even in the NFL yet, so I, I can't rank them at this very moment. But watch those guys. Those are all good running backs, but really focus on those. I think it was 20 or so running backs to get next year for sure. And I only listed two quarterbacks, but no, there are plenty of them. Same with receivers. I didn't list a ton of those, but there are plenty of them. I left out like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, both both the Rams guys. I left out a ton of receivers because they're just not as valuable as those running backs because of, I mean, there's not just not as much demand for them, and there's a higher quantity of them. So that's how I'm looking at fantasy for next year. I just really enjoyed fantasy football this year, and I wanted to keep talking about it and wanted to get a podcast out there with my new mic. And I enjoyed that, so thank you guys for listening. I actually appeared on a podcast recently with, I think it's the, the Real Talk podcast, and you can find that on Spotify or just go to YouTube, and it's J Fox. shoot, I think... Hold on. Yeah, just go to Jay Fox on YouTube and there will be our podcast and it was it was it was a good one. So we talked about the NFL playoffs, but keep listening to their podcast once once there are more out. And listen to my stuff too. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and a bunch of other smaller platforms. So give us a follow or a like on Spotify and a 
a review on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the blog, americansports.blog, and any search engine. And the Instagram pretty much has everything like that, just at americansportsblog. So check out all my stuff. Thank you guys for listening, as always, and peace out.